This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting the governor has killed standardized testing with the stroke of a few pens. So today, we come not to praise the FSA, but to bury it. But Ron DeSantis still thinks school board member term limits should be shorter. Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Fried loves all the ag money in the newly approved state budget, but... So on behalf of government, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the people of our state who came up here and didn't D.C. democracy work. The candidate for the Democratic gubernatorial nomination has a lot of harsh words for the just-ended legislative session. Sunrise still catching up on the 2022 session postmortem. Really proud of our caucus. I don't think people realize how bad it would have been had we not sort of um, gotten together, coalesced, and, and been engaged at the end. Senate Democrats get their chance to vent. And what's this? Marco Rubio's idea to make daylight saving time permanent just might happen? We will shed some light on that. But first, Governor Ron DeSantis has put into law another piece of legislation he pushed for in the just-ended legislative session. The governor signed into law the elimination of the Florida Standards Assessment. We are here today with legislative leaders to officially eliminate the FSA from the state of Florida. Now, six months ago, I announced legislative proposal to replace the FSA with progress monitoring. Instead of having one major test at the very end of the year, which provided no feedback to students uh, before the summer came, uh, we would do progress monitoring that would monitor progress throughout the school year. It would be shorter, it would be more individualized, uh, and it would provide good feedback for students, for teachers, uh, and for parents. Um, And so I want to thank Richard Corcoran for really uh, bringing this to the forefront. I remember him briefing briefing this to me a couple years ago saying, okay, we're going to do do the teacher salary this year, then we're going to do that, and then we are going to do the progress monitoring. And basically what he was doing was looking to see what has worked best um, in different uh, school environments. And this type of of assessment uh, was much more effective than kind of the big study for weeks, all the marbles on the last test, and then then adjourn for the summer. Um, And so we think this is going to be an improvement in the state of Florida. While DeSantis may like the elimination of the FSA, he's still not completely pleased with how some other education measures came through the state house. The legislation that gives power, critics say too much power, to parents and others to judge books and curriculum, a bill that includes term limits for school board members, the governor sort of likes. I have not reviewed it, but I, I champion curriculum transparency. I think it's important that, that parents know, um, you know what's going on and um, the term limits for school board, I'm a big believer in term limits. I think it should be eight years, two terms. They did three terms, which, you know, I mean, that's 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 fine. And I'm not going to I wouldn't veto the bill just over that. But if it were a standalone measure, I would have insisted on on just two terms uh, for school board members, because I think that that's enough time for you to go serve, get stuff done. I mean, honestly, you know, you mentioned losing some of these legislators. I'm a huge believer in term limits. I think what term limits does is, you know, it tells these legislators your time is limited. You come in, leave a legacy. Instead, in Washington, where they don't have term limits, 
What is the incentive to do? The incentive for them is to get elected and stay there as long as they can and to stay there for decades, create these little fiefdoms, and it's all about just going back in. And I think like someone like Sprout, Chris Sprouts knew he was going to be speaker for two, for, for two years. Uh, he built up a legislative portfolio leading into that, and he knew he had to get the big things he wanted to accomplish done. He wasn't going to have, he wasn't going to be able to be speaker for 10 years or 15 years. I think that's good because what it does is it, it puts more of a focus on substantive achievements rather than posturing for the next election. So I'm a big believer in term limits. I think the, the eight years in the House is good. The eight years in the Senate in Florida is good. I would like to have seen that in school board as well. Look, is the 12 the worst thing in the world? Maybe it could be good because we do have some in the state that have been really entrenched for a long time. I think you go in achieve some things and then and then go and so that's really the model um, that I'd like to do and I could tell you people will sometimes ask me like um, you know you know Florida's run so much better than DC what 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 could DC do and and one of the things I said that if I could wave a magic wand there's a number of things I would do but one of them is term limits for members of Congress. If we could term limit members of Congress, you would be able to bring in new blood, you'd be able to bring in new ideas. Uh, people would have an incentive to go in and say, hey, I may only have three terms in the U.S. House, I want to get something done, instead of kind of doing what they've really gone into a, a big morass and just in terms of how they do business. And so, so that provision is something that, um, you know, I, I think would have been better at eight. The woman who would like to challenge DeSantis in the November election, Agriculture Secretary Nikki Freed, had some good words to say about the state budget and all the money coming her department's way. This is the largest FDAX budget ever at $1.99 billion total, with 12 out of our 15 top priorities fully funded or greater. One of my top priorities was much-needed pay increases for our agriculture law enforcement investigators and officers who have been grossly underpaid. This significant bump in the base salary for starting officers will be a huge and much-needed help with recruitment and with retention. We also received historic levels of funding for Florida Forest Service, $169.5 million total. As we've seen in recent weeks, this is much needed to support the heroic work that they do to keep our people and our communities safe every single day. And we are finally replacing our Vietnam Air aircraft and expanding our fleet, increasing starting pay, and funding debris removal and cleanup, which will be a huge help with folks in the Bay County and the Panhandle who are still experiencing the devastations from Hurricane Michael. We also received $18.5 million to support our citrus industry with ongoing research and programs to combat the impacts of citrus greening. But Freed had nothing good to say about the rest of this year's legislative session. They waged an all-out culture war and eroded the freedoms of Floridians. They took away a woman's freedoms of choice and health care rights by banning abortion after 15 weeks with no exceptions for rape or incest or sex traffickers. They curtailed our First Amendment rights with state-sanctioned censorship, including the Stop Woke Act, the Don't Say Gay Bill, and legislature, legislation allowing book banning. I'm going to repeat that again. They just passed legislation allowing for banning of books. Let that sink in. 
They codified state-sanctioned hatred and discrimination with a Don't Say Gay Bill, Stop Woke Act, and Immigration Bill. They chipped away at Floridians' fundamental right to vote, making it harder to participate in the electoral process. They passed one of the most egregious preemption laws that we have seen in the state's history, allowing businesses to block local ordinances that are geared to protect consumers in those communities. And they further consolidated power for the governor and his cronies. With the largest state budget in history, more than doubling, more than doubling in the last 10 years under Republican control. This largest state budget is thanks to President Biden and the federal government for stepping up when Florida, where its governor and, and Republican-led legislature were failing. They had the opportunity to make historic improvements in the lives of Floridians across the entire state. But instead, we funded an election police force, a state guard, lots of member fluff projects, a tax break that doesn't happen until October, when the people of our state need it today, where we are seeing families struggling all over the state. We wait until October, right before elections. Obviously, there's a lot of venting going on in the wake of Sunny Die. Sunrise has already given you the highlights of House Democratic Leadership's session reviews. Now it's Senate Democratic Leadership's turn. Jason Pizzo, want to share some highlights? I don't know if I'd like to highlight or some things I'd like to forget. Uh, but I'll, I, I have to say the last uh, couple weeks of session, and I, I said it on the floor the other day, it bubbled up and it came out. I'm so incredibly proud of our caucus uh, if, if you haven't had the opportunity, and we'll highlight it, I think, shortly after session, if you if you didn't hear Senator Torres on immigration on 1808, if you didn't hear Senator Jones uh, on 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 the don't say gay bill, if you didn't hear Senator Powell on the stop woke act, uh, you you're, you're missing out. Uh, I, I don't always know what sort of gleans are translated out to the media. But to be on the floor and to hear the type of arguments that were so incredibly impassioned, but informed, they were they were based on fact. They were based on the sort of uh, the order of things. It was amazing to see. We have one constitutional requirement, as everybody knows. We have one homework assignment while we're up here. Uh, that's to pass a budget. And we couldn't do it on time because of so much other time spent doing unnecessary things uh, to the points made before me. You know, we, we can chalk up a list when we get out of here and exhale today of some of the really bad bills also that didn't make it through uh, under, under Leader Book's leadership. You know, the living wage ordinance that would have attacked parts of you know Miami-Dade County and others uh, is dead. 1197, also known as 1458, Paycheck Protection, dead. Uh, that was basically a union sort of busting bill. But there's things that creeped by. We, we had assurances that, that the language in 1203 on background checks would not would not go through. And at the last minute, 620 the other night, you know, it was slapped on as a House offer, take it or leave it. And it was it was taken. Uh, the 1467, 50, we're talking about banning books. We're talking about who selects these books. Uh, and while I have a, sort of an intellectual sympathy uh, for some of our members across the aisle, uh, very few demonstrated the courage uh, to vote with their conviction and with their conscience over over their party. And, and we were some very plain meeting and candid statements made on the floor this year about 
them worrying about primaries and and not 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 following suit. Uh, we we managed to get a lot of good things passed, but they came by way of amendment uh, into bills. Uh, and I'm sure we can highlight those afterwards. But you know, it's sort of the fine print on page 23 that that drastically you know changed some things, which I think were for the good. But to Senator Jones' point, the kitchen table issues. What the hell did we do to improve any really across the board to improve anyone's life? <clears throat> we have. And I think there were some members that were upset, but we've really sort of dumbed down a lot of our, you know, a lot of their constituents, so to speak, by whitewashing history, by disallowing conversations that naturally occur in the stream. And, and we're, we're, we're basically, you know, pushing and, and, and fighting against a unilateral march towards just, just sort of allegiance to a, a horrible pattern. Uh, can't, can't say enough about it, but um, really proud of our caucus. I don't think people realize how bad it would have been had we not sort of um, gotten together, coalesced, and, and been engaged at, at the end. Senator Lauren Book said there is going to be ongoing dissection of the culture war nature of this session. We will continue to talk through some of the terrible things that happened. I know it wasn't mentioned on this call, but banning abortion. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, it's a free state of Florida unless you're a woman, unless you're gay, unless you want to read, unless you're a student in a classroom, um, unless you have a history that you want that you don't want to, to be erased. Um, that's very clear. And Senator Chevron Jones says no matter what you think, a good fight was waged by Florida Democratic legislators. And the fight's not over just because the session is. We've been looking at now what, the, the conversations with the parental, uh, parental rights and education, don't say gay bill that has gone forth. Yeah, I'm happy to read that um, there are already groups that's preparing to to do a lawsuit against the state of Florida, in which they should. Uh, I think everything. I'm no attorney, um, but I sit in front. I sit behind an attorney who's very good at what he does on the floor, uh, named Jason Pizzo. I, I can tell you the constitutionality on a lot of these things were brought up in. In the debates, we're brought up in the questions, uh, and I'm looking forward to this stuff going to the courts because it seems as if uh, we, as a state, are are, are moving uh, with trying to just try the courts. They want to push the agenda to push it to the Supreme Court because they believe that it works uh, in their favor. Uh, but I do want to let it be known that the Democrats put up a good fight uh, this year. I did read one uh, one op-ed to make it seem as if we laid down and we did not uh, do what we were supposed to do as Democrats. I, I beg to differ. Uh, I, I know for a fact uh, that on that floor, Democrats fought extremely hard uh, for the things that we know we believe in and that for our and what our constituents sent us up here uh, to do. Uh, the culture wars wasn't on us. The culture war was on the Republicans. Uh, and that's what they believe is going to be their winning ticket. Happy to serve with Senator uh, Powell, Senator Pizzo, <clears throat> excuse me, Senator Torres, and Leader Book, uh, each of them who uh, respectfully within, uh, within the areas in which they are um, uh, experts in did their due diligence and just excited uh, to, to continue to figure out how do we get the message out to our constituents. We've already got on the ground this weekend to start knocking on doors um, to let people know what did happen in this legislative session. And we're just going to continue doing just that. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The Florida Citrus Commission will meet in Polk County this morning at 9. The Commission on Mental Health and Substance Abuse will meet at 9 this morning, too. 
The University of North Florida Board of Trustees is scheduled to meet at 10 and talk about issues like its search for a new president. The East Central Florida Regional Planning Council will meet at 1030 in Melbourne. The Florida Development Finance Corporation Board of Directors will meet this afternoon in Winter Springs. Republican Anna Polina Luna, who is running for a Tampa Bay Area congressional seat, will hold a fundraiser this evening in St. Petersburg. And finally, for the first time since Senator Marco Rubio proposed ending the nation's fallback spring forward pattern in 2018, this proposal has won unanimous voice vote approval from the Senate. You'll remember Sunrise played some of Rubio's video message, pushing the idea just before we all lost an hour of sleep Sunday to spring forward into daylight saving time. Rubio said it was outdated, annoying, and confusing, and said it was time to lock the clock. Now the whole Senate agrees. If the House does the same, and President Joe Biden signs off on it, the clocks would be locked in place starting in 2023. Just a little history here. America made daylight saving time permanent once before. It was in 1973 and inspired by the oil embargo. It was figured more daylight would reduce energy use. America went back to springing forward and falling back the very next year. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.